Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Play On Review. We're here on Insta Live on this long weekend. Uh, I'm Rana Hussein, and with me, of course, as always, is Gemma Bastiani, AFLW Oracle, or my best on ground, as I, I think every every round. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to break down this round's games. Oh, um, I felt like this round was the round of decisive wins and sort of David versus Goliath matchups. Um, because except for maybe Pies versus Western Bulldogs, but even then there was I felt like there was a clear there was going to be a clear winner there. But it just felt like every game was like clearly everyone the loser was clearly overrun and it was decisive footy from each winning side. Um, But I have to say it's been a rough week uh, politically um, being a woman and it was so nice to come back to some footy and just see women be badass on the field and you run and jump and tackle and, I didn't realise how much it lifted my spirits in that way, Terry, to feeling kind of just like, oh, the world feels like a complete slog. This round was perfect for me. So (laughs) that's my... Yeah, absolutely. And going back to your David and Goliath kind of conversation before, um, it's both the highest scoring round of AFLW footy Mm. ever, which by like nearly 70 points, so by a significant margin. It's also, I think, I haven't double-checked this, but I think it's the first time ever that every single game has had a score of 50-plus points. So, yeah, it kind of was that kind of lopsided thing because one team would generally score quite heavily. So, yeah, and I need to double-check that, as I've said, but as far as I know, that's the case. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, it started on Friday night with Richmond versus North Melbourne at Punt Road. I was there, ground announcing. Saw you on TV it was a bit of a start. Oh, my gosh. Let's just clear this up because I got a lot of messages, <laughs> including from you, <laughs> that I was on TV. Um, and that was embarrassing. Why? I was, um, oh, I mean, I'm happy to be on TV, but for a reason, not just because I'm hanging around <laughs> in the background with Taylor, Harris. with Taylor Harris, which was really embarrassing. And it looked like I was told that I was, um, yeah, chatting up Taylor Harris, which I wasn't. I was going to say it was quite a star-studded outer at that game. Maddie Prisparkis and Taylor turned up. Um, by the way, Mon Conti is so funny to sit with she is not a great 
football spectator. You could just see how much she wanted to be out there. She was so yappy in the out. <laughs> Every call, she was, you know, up. She was yelling. She. <laughs> if that's the case, you can just imagine what she's like on the field then. Oh man, it, it felt like she she watches football like she plays, like just totally up and about. Yeah. It was it was actually quite fun. Um, but let's talk about the game. Oh, I'm losing my voice. <coughs> Excuse me. North Melbourne. I mean, they're a great side. We I did expect that they would overrun Richmond. In the end, it was 5-2-32 to North's 10-7-67. The first half was a bit depressing. (laughs) It was like no one at Richmond wanted to do anything in the first half. They just took a bit of time to warm up. And uh, but the second half, they seemed to kind of come back a little bit. um, But the damage was done by then. What I mean, look, what I saw, tell me if I'm wrong, what I saw North were just all over it, controlling the ball. Um, and we talked about last week about how if you, you know, you, you shut down North in the centre, then they, they win the game. Um, but this, this felt like an even stronger North side to me. They just seemed formidable. Yeah, so we talked about them winning the uncontested possession and every time they've done that, they've won the game. And that kind of went to a new level in this game. So they won the uncontested possession 89 to 153, which is, I think, their biggest differential this year. Um, disposals, they won 181 to 266. So again, even the contested ball, they won. Um, and then their inside 50s was the other aspect of this, is when North get the ball on the outside, they're delivering it forward because they do have that control. They won the inside 50s 18 to 40. Um, a lot of that came in the first half. So a lot of that differential came from the first half, but that's where they took control of the game and Richmond just couldn't get in there. Um, it's worth noting again, and you tweeted this uh, during the game, Jasmine Garner. So I know that I harp on about her and people are probably like, <laughs> shut up about this, but she's an outstanding player. During this game, she went to third she was already equal third on the all-time goal kicking. She kicked a goal, so she went to outright third for a day. Um, but she had five clearances, which was the equal most on the field. She had 22 touches, which was second on the field. Five tackles, second equal second on the field. She kicked a goal. She had seven in- intercepts, which is equal most on the field. She had five score involvements and two contested marks, which was second on the field. So she's doing things in the center and at both ends of the ground. So she's intercepting the ball when it's not in Richmond's hands. She's attacking. So she's either delivering forward or kicking goals when they do have it. And she's getting the clearances Mm. out of the middle. She's doing everything. And again, this is why we had to talk about her again. Absolutely. I couldn't take my eyes off her. And that's probably because she had the ball all the time. Um, But she just, you know, you, you do gravitate to her when you're watching the game. And she, I just was thinking remember thinking oh what a player um would Mon Conti have made any difference given you know North Melbourne's midfield I don't I don't think I I mean there would have been a difference but I think especially in that first half first half she would have been a lone hand and it wouldn't have made that much of an impact and then you look back Mm. to that round one game against Brisbane um you know her performing really well in the midfield or her being shut down 
when she's on her own, there's only so much she can do. And I think, mm. especially in that first half, it would have been a, you know, she's doing well, but there's no one supporting her. Therefore, her work goes unrewarded in a way. So, I mean, it would have been mm. nice to have Monconti there. I think the conversation then comes around who was chosen to replace her in the midfield, which was yes. Katie Brennan, which again, you have to ask the question as to why she's the one that's being chosen to put into the middle of the ground. Um, that's probably more the the conversation around Monconti not playing rather than would that have made would she have made the difference? Mm. I do like that Christina Bonani got a got a run. Yes, two um, goals against her partner. Two goals, but also up against her partner Kingy. So who we have to get yes. to? Yes. Um, who just Emma King had an amazing game. She was another one where I just sat there thinking. Oh my God, I love watching her play, but please don't play against my team because you're marking everything. That's right. When, <laughs> That's really annoying. When she played Melbourne. She was <laughs> shut down by Lauren Pierce. Didn't matter. Um, Emma King in this game. <laughs> so it was very similar to the way she played in, in round one against Geelong, especially early in the game. Remember that Geelong game, the first quarter, she kicked three goals. The, the only score of that quarter was Emma King's three goals. So it was very similar to mm. that in this game. Um, the, the thing that set her apart, so she kicked the two goals, which was the equal most on ground. She did all of that. She had 21 hit outs, four marks, three of them were contested. The thing that made the difference, the most difference, was the way she positioned herself around the ground to take a lot of those marks or to nullify aerial ball that Richmond were trying to do. Um, the way she positions herself is just as important as her reach. So the fact that she knows mm. and is able to get to so many of those contests is what makes her yeah. such a good ruck. It's not just the other things that she does. Um, Cal's saying credit to Richmond for picking up and getting some points on the board. I agree. The second half was – there was a moment there where I did think, oh, we're in this. Well, they kept North goalless was... in the third quarter uh, – scoreless in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought we could – you know, I don't think it was it was it wasn't a hopeless game for Richmond, but yeah, I think they just slept a little bit too much in that first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get your three two ones. I went with, of course, Jazzy Garner for three votes. Um, Emma King two and Riddell one. Interesting. We haven't spoken about our, vote, our votes today. Um, no. Which should we have no no no. usually we do and last week i think scared you off from um discussing them with me because <laughs> i no, was no. really i thought i'll surprise oh. i thought i'll surprise you um get your get your in reactions in real no, no, time it's good because i've had almost the same so i've given one to Ashradal, <laughs> who you also gave one to so she had 25 disposals five tackles four inside 50s and four clearances her work sets up a lot of stuff that other players get the glory for. And I really love Ashradel. She's just yeah. worked so hard. Um, I've given two to Jazzy Garner and three to Emma King because I think Emma King, again, that first half in particular, her positioning, um, her reach, the way she worried the Richmond Talls um, was outstanding to me. So, yeah, she's got my three votes. Uh, she definitely did worry them. Um <laughs> I'm also realising that drinking lychee bubble tea means I now am doing a lot of chewing of lychee on the microphone, so I apologise. I mean, you ate 
if you can hear you ate it. cake during the birthday one, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it was my birthday. Yeah. I was allowed to Absolutely. that day. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next game, GWS versus Brisbane at Monica Oval. Yes. Uh, Brisbane absolutely <laughs> demolished G- GWS, 713.55 to 2517. 713.55, if they kicked accurately. You say that. Adelaide kicked 713 the previous week. And no, and Frio have kicked 713 this year as well. So it's not the first time it's happened <laughs> this season alone. I mean. But kind of mind-blowing if. They just uh, get a bit of goal practice in. These scores are going <laughs> to... That was me, my attempt at saying that they would go skyrocketing, but it didn't well, work. Well, they, they also kicked <laughs> 5-11 in round one against Richmond, remember? So it's not new, but they also force no, oppositions to be inaccurate. Anyway, sorry, True. I'm just riffing and now. Um, start riffing. No, this is great. I love it. I just have nothing to say in response except agree with you because you're right. You are the oracle. Uh, um, I wanted to give you my highlight for this game, which was not, it was not a goal. It was an almost goal, but it was Courtney Hodder Hodder running her run through the middle to almost kick a goal. I was like, this is, I just love watching her play but the other thing that made me love it even more was that Callie Underwood's call of that moment ends with she can do anything and her Callie just repeating she can do anything and all that sparked for me was um I am woman (laughs) I can do anything well you 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 were singing that when we jumped on the phone earlier weren't you Yes, and ever since it's been in my head. So till this moment, because of Kelly Underwood's call, I've been singing I'm Woman Hear Me Roar, which isn't a bad thing at all, actually. Um look, this game, um I was surprised by the scores, to be honest. Um but I felt like the first half, again, similar to the, the other game we just spoke about, um, Brisbane were really strong. In the end, though, GWS found some uh, their ability to defend and a bit of kind of scrambling in defence but managed to stop the bleeding a little bit. Did you see that? Yeah, so I think the, the big thing that we learnt out of this game, other than a certain player that I want to talk about in a second, um is that mm-hmm. the Giants, they don't give up in a game. So at half time they had kicked two behinds to Brisbane 6-7-43. And a little bit similar to Richmond in the previous game, they managed to mm. win the second half. So that I think was really important for the morale, but also just like don't give up in the game because you don't know what's going to happen. And the fact that in the second half Brisbane scored 1-6, to the Giants 2-3 was pretty significant, I think, because they did have that control, really, of the second half. L Bennett's getting forward Mm. to kick a goal and a behind. Like, there were good things out of it that they could take. Yeah, um, we've got a comment here um, from Amelia saying, Eva's leadership in the second half was so freaking good. I'm really pleased you said that because... Eva does feature in my 3-2 ones. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. For 
partly, I mean, she just had a great game, but partly for that reason as well. I do want to say, um, we interviewed Lauren Arnell on the Outer Sanctum this week and she spoke about how, uh, well, she's having an amazing season actually and she spoke about how she feels like there is depth in um, their side which kind of frees her up a little Mm bit Um, and, you know, we can see that but you you have some thoughts on some of the players that aren't, you know, I wonder why some of those players aren't really getting the recognition basically, um, because we do hear a lot about how Lauren Arnell is having a great season, but it's because her, the other, the rest of the team is playing so well. Yeah, I mean, players go underrated for a number of reasons or just not talked about enough. For, I just looked directly into my light, by the way, so I'm blind. Um, the Like David, Dakota Davidson, who I flip and love and will talk about and will give votes to and all these sorts of things um, – She's flashy as well. She does the flashy thing so she gets the attention. Hodder, players like that. They do the things that get the attention. Mm. Whereas I think Talia Hickey um, is a great one to look at because she's performed really consistently this year. She kicked a goal in round one, I believe, which is her first ever goal from outside 50. Like, it was outrageous. But she's she's a player who is really crucial in crucial moments. So we talked about Emma King and her positioning and, and maybe she doesn't take all the marks that maybe you want her to, but she equals the contest, brings it to ground or is the one to deliver again inside 50. Talia Hickey is that player for Brisbane. You'll notice her positioning, not just up on the wings as that outlet, but also she positions herself just outside of the 50 when they are in attack. So that when um, defenses try to exit, she's there as the tall intercept mark to bring the ball back inside 50 and it's really important she's keeping Jesse Keefe out of the side who actually was leading um, mm. Brisbane for hit outs as a club coming into the season uh, in this game she had six disposals at 83%. She had 18 hitouts, six tackles for a ruck. Six tackles is massive. Um, two clearances, three intercepts, six score involvements, and 209 metres gained. So she is doing the work that's I'm sure inside mm. the club getting a lot of attention, but there aren't too many people outside talking about it. I'm just super impressed by her. Um, speaking of underrated, Loz is saying, is Alicia Eva generally underrated? Yeah. She isn't in my brain. I think <laughs> she's, yeah. I've rated her in my brain. I think we all know that Alicia Eva is an incredible person in AFLW. She's an incredible leader. She's going to be an amazing coach. I think generally we think about Eva more as um, a supporting player to Parker and Beeson and players like that. She does more of that grunt work and, yeah, the on-field leadership for sure, but she doesn't, again, kind of like Tali Hickey, she doesn't do the flashy stuff. Yeah. So you're automatically going to look at Parker, you're automatically going to look at Beeson, Cora Staunton when they do that stuff and Eva just continues to do what she yeah. does. And you know what? She's taken over for a previous captain who was very similar in Amanda Ferrugia. Definitely. And you feel like Alicia Eva's being primed to be, you know, a future coach, um, head of footy, that kind she's that type of... I feel like she might go into footy administration at some point. Well, she's doing a lot of coaching at the Giants at the moment yes. um, for the men's team. And she's doing a lot of programs. Um, I think of her, I think of Sam Virgo, kind of in a similar boat. Mel Hickey, who's retired now, but doing coaching at the Geelong Falcons. Like, it's so exciting, the prospect of this 
glut of players once they have retired that they're going to filter out through and do and we're seeing at Frio I mean a couple of the assistant coaches at Frio are both ex-players um Amy Lavelle and Lisa Webb I think maybe played for them Amy Lavelle mm-hmm. definitely did so we're seeing these players starting to come through and it's really exciting that sorry Loz is <laughs> distracting me as well now <laughs> sorry for the podcast I'll read them out um it's it's so exciting that um, we have this to look forward to and these amazing women in footy who have had that experience and can now go into coaching and have a really big impact. It's really, really cool. That's the thing about um, season 5.0. Like we're now seeing the younger ones come in and be superstars and lift the um, the play. But we're also now at that point where we can see ex-players start to filter through. Like it's kind of incredible. Yeah. I just this, the only way is up for me. With Abs- this, no, absolutely, yeah. This league. Um, there's a few comments in here that I want to get to. Amelia said that was such a team effort against anyone else would be great to see, but to see it against the Giants hurt totally. Georgina's saying the Giants play with so much heart, even when they don't have the skills to match their opponent. I agree. There's a lot of love for the Giants, I think, especially with that with what they went through before this season. I think everyone just wants to see them succeed in some shape or form. Uh, Loz is responding about Alicia. Uh, Yeah, I think that sounds about right, Gemma. Um, Gemma's always right. Um, Love Eva as a leader. (laughs) Love Eva as a leader and very much looking forward to her future in coaching. Bernie's saying, I love seeing Alicia and the Giants girls last weekend for the first time since August 2019. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait to see them again down here next weekend. That's the other story of this season, isn't it? Everyone just getting back into footy Um, and especially Melbourne seeing live footy has just been such a treat. Should we talk about that very, very briefly? We had a couple of messages today. Yes, Um, let's. I was... I was very angry and messaged you because I try not to put that out into the world too much. But um, the choice of certain broadcasters to have their main ad during AFLW goals um, to say footy's back, as in men's footy is back, when literally you're watching footy um, is just really disappointing. And I've tried to avoid a lot of those conversations because it happens every year. It feels like a broken record. Let's focus on the positives. But that's really got me down this weekend is just seeing, you know, I'm literally watching footy and they're putting ads up saying footy's back next week. And it just drives me mad. And I just feel like I needed to say that somewhere. I agree. I mean, it happens every season when we transition from AFLW and the men's stuff starts to ramp up and it really frustrates me too because it's they're not even playing their competition yet. It's pre-season still. Like we don't we don't like this is AFLW time and I get it there are some people that are just around for men's footy but the broadcasters have to do better, surely. Like like you said, it's kind of strange. Like they're, they're the ones who are broadcasting the game. They should <laughs> if everybody else is saying it, that's one thing. But the broadcasters playing it's just, the footy. Oh. Yeah, it's just the conversation around language matters. And, you know, you can say the boys are back. You can say AFL is back if you don't want to say AFLM. Like there are ways around it, but it feels like it's, 
it's either really ignorant or it's a specific choice being made and both are terrible so yeah I just again like sorry to bring the mood down but I was just no. very frustrated today about that um it's super annoying yeah. I wonder what we can um do about it just tweet at them I know not all of us will want to do that but far out and I feel like if they realize the people watching the game are not gonna respond well to that they might actually shift somehow um Cal's saying really grinding her you, you've hit you've hit the nail on the head here because there's lots of comments about this um preach Georgina saying such a pain also the Western Derby doubleheader being promoted with the men's preseason match as the main event and the actual women's game for premiership points being the curtain raiser it's so strange isn't it imagine if we had just flipped that what you know statement that would be yeah um it just yeah, I said uh, my response to your message was I refuse to indulge in any men's football until <laughs> they actually start their season because it hasn't started yet. Yeah, I know. So I, I was, still, look, I was double fine. screening today. It's fine. Like, and this is the thing. Like, I love men's footy. I yeah, same. <laughs> flipping love men's footy. It there's no shame in loving men's footy, and neither is better than the other. They're di- completely different, but it's just the language around it is needs to be a little bit more looked at but you know we there's not too much we can do about it we just can uh, talk positively about footy which is what we should keep doing now well they're just both footy and they're both loved and that's what we want to acknowledge and to not diminish either yeah <sighs> anyway um I'll just read this one last comment. Yes, it's so frustrating from the broadcasters. And as much as we keep having to repeat ourselves, I think we have to keep the discussion going in the hope that we can bring about change. Agreed. Let's all mutiny. No. Um, I will always be the first for a revolution. So mutiny. <laughs> if you want to revolt, I will be there. Um, <laughs> But we will go back to um, <laughs> we will go back to footy. I don't want to ignore Amina's message, um, but totally agree. Women's games, yeah, it, it, we don't want the men's game to be in opposition to the women's. Is all we're saying. Ah, uh, my three, two, ones. I had Davidson three. Maybe I should mm-hmm. I always give you three first. I should go one, two, three. I have Alicia Eva one for all the reasons we've already spoken about. Yep. I think she really led her side. Um, I gave Hickey two. I mean, I didn't actually think about it in the way you've presented it to me today, but I just felt like she had a real impact on the game and Davidson three because she's um, pretty special. I adore her so much. <laughs> um, I, I want to do, I want to do a great interview on her one day. So, oh, um, do it. I would love Dakota to watch Davidson, that. hit me up. Let's, uh, let's talk. Um, me. I mean, I'll contact their media manager, but, uh, my three, two, <laughs> yeah. one. So give one to Emily Bates, because I think her consistency this season has been very Emily Bates. Like, um, the way she used the ball was really, really good. I think she went at 70 something percent and her, Delivery inside 50, I think, was really important. Um, I've given two to Dakota Davidson. 
Again, I'm putting all my favourites in the second spot today, which is making me feel very uncomfortable all, all of a sudden. Like, what choices? No, am I love that. What I terrible love that choices am I that. making? Um, no. And then I've given the three to Kate Lutkins because oh. when the Giants were really pushing and trying to get the ball inside 50, she was just chopping everything off. And I think she is just – we know she's a star, and I think she was a star in this game. Mm. Sorry, I'm chewing on lychee bits. Um, <laughs> I think um, it's really interesting that you say that, that you're putting your favourite, like every time I do these three, two, ones, I flip-flop between effort, awarding effort, impact, and then like goals. Like if someone's kicked a bag of goals, but then, you know, who assisted that and who actually made that happen. So I'm never sure how to actually give these. And every round, I think I take a different philosophy to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's good though. That's so why it's good there's two of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've really, we've really touched on something here. Lots of comments, Gemma. Um, I'm sorry for going negative, everyone. No, it's not negative, though. I think we have to be okay with sometimes saying that wasn't cool. Um, I know it's not your style because you're a lover, not a fighter. Maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> just, was that a comment just, or was that you? No, that was me talking, but oh. I'm also looking at I'll talk, Let me mention some comments. Um, we're coming for you, Gil. Let's go. Absolutely. That was Tom. That was definitely Tom. <laughs> Um, I'm annoyed that women now have Friday afternoon footy and men have Friday nights. Uh, I can't get there after work. How many female players need to give up a day of work because they are playing? Very, very good point. I'm also annoyed about that. Um, Loz is saying, would love a Dak. Oh, Dakota. Sorry. That took me so long to process. <laughs> I was like, what? Is that I would love a Dakota interview. Also, anyone get got the Georgia Hammond story yet? I feel like that would be awesome. Alison Smirnoff has the Georgia Hammond story. Um, there you go. You just need Head to message her for it. She hasn't written it. You just need to message her for it. <laughs> She'll write it. Um, and we're all behind AFLW all the way. It's not negative. It's honest and very necessary. There you go, Gemma. Let's move on. Let's head to Norwood Oval where Adelaide played Gold Coast. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being an Adelaidean at Norwood, Norwood and watching this game and just seeing your team absolutely thump the opposition. 13-7-85 to 2-3-15. Hey, dear. This game was records galore, just record-breaking in so many ways. Um Give it to me because I feel like there was there was a lot going on. There was a lot of um, new ground covered. Yeah, so it was the second highest score in AFLW history. Famously, the highest was 12-14-86, round 4, 2018, where Western Bulldogs beat Carlton. But this was the second highest and um, Adelaide was so close to breaking that. Um, they had eight ind- Adelaide had eight individual goal kickers, which was the same as North v-, v Richmond on Friday night. North Melbourne had eight, which is the most so far this year. So we're finally starting to see more of a spread. Well, there's been a number of teams that have had seven, but mm. we've had two that have had eight this season, um, this round. Uh, Adelaide's highest and most accurate score of the year as well. So that's pretty significant in terms of mm. them actually making the most of the 
shots they're generating because, as I said before, I mean, they lost to Freo kicking 1-7. They've kicked 8. It was 8-13 that they kicked last week, not 7-13. I'm sorry. Um, so they've had a few inconsistent um, forward performances, but they really mm-hmm. stepped up. And then, you know, Danielle Ponta kicked four goals, which is the second time she's done that in her career as well. So the scoring end for Adelaide, there was a lot going on. Um, that being said, I... I made Julia laugh in the preview and Julia's on this so she can message if she thinks of it. But Hi, I made Julia, Julia laugh in the, um, just saying that I just wanted to see Gold Coast try something because it mm. if they played like St Kilda did against Adelaide the week before, it was mm. just going to be frustrating. They were going to get trapped and then they were just going to be constantly scored against. I like that they – I know they only scored 2-3-15, but they didn't let Adelaide live in their forward half. Yeah. They forced the ball out quite a lot and they yeah. forced Adelaide to run the ball in. And I was really quite impressed with the Suns. And it sounds so condescending, but I think the Suns actually got a lot out of this game and I was really impressed by them in this one. I agree. I'm so glad you said that. And I remember I listened to you say that um, on the preview with Julia and I thought, yeah, that is absolutely what they have to do. And they looked they looked like a happy Gold Coast side. Like they just seemed yeah. up and about. And you're right, it's weird to say given the score, what the scores look like. But there was actually just a lot of joy. I thought Sermon was was so mm. great and carried that team um, and really created opportunities. It wasn't all fun though. There were quite a few injuries um, and the injury woes are starting to become a regular thing. I mean, we know it happens in AFLW, but... After last week, I was pretty devastated with all the injuries. This week, we've got another few. Yeah, so I, I, I bring we don't talk about a lot of injuries in this, but I bring them up because mm. I think the context of them in this game had a bit of an impact. So Jamie Stanton, she hurt her ankle quite early for the Suns, mm. and it because they don't have Perkins there, and because they don't have Yorston there, she's kind of been playing this dual role, and it robbed both their forward line and their midfield of her. That yeah. being said, I think that the fact that Beskini is so strong in the one-on-one and, and really reliable in defence um, coming in this season, it's allowed Serene Watson to move up on the ball. So they were able to make a few movements there with Jamie Stanton out because of some of their new players, their young players coming in. Beskini's a bit older, but she's new to the team um, mm. coming in and being reliable. And that was really impressive to me. So Jamie Stanton out was bad but mm. the way they were able to maneuver to cover um cover her I thought was quite mature and then we look at Adelaide Nikki Gore mm. she did her ankle just a couple of minutes before Jamie Stanton did so the loss of yeah. her was was bad but Nikki Gore is a role player she's a tackler she's that kind of player so Adelaide were able to cover her much easier um than what maybe Jamie Stanton is to the Suns. Um, but then Hannah Button also dislocated her shoulder in the final quarter. She had eight tackles before dislocating her shoulder. So Hannah Button, she had 13 in round one, continued to really lift that defensive side of the midfield for Adelaide. So I hope she's not out for too long, but it looks like a pretty painful injury. So fingers crossed she for looked, her as well. Oh, she looked like... She was really saw that one broke my heart a little bit. Um, Cal saying scoreboard didn't quite match the effort. Absolutely, best love best. She was great yesterday. Alison Drennan has been good for GC after making the move from St Kilda. I agree. She almost made my three two ones, but 
Didn't. Ali Jordan had 11 tackles in this game. Um, I think it's shit. the third time she's had double figures this year. Okay. I've got to double check that. Um, that's off the top of my head. I think that's right now. <laughs> I have to say, I really have a soft spot for Gold Coast um, and I always want them to do well and I love it when they are up and about. I don't love their blue away jumper. I have to put that on record. The Indigenous one? I just don't like the blue. Like, And I like it as a colour, but I don't understand it in relation to their... Blue is one of their colours. It's in their song, Rana. I know, I know, but it just seems like too much blue. That's their best Guernsey. That's the one they should wear all the time. The red one is awful. It is awful. (laughs) Okay, let me rephrase. I like like the jumper, but I just don't like it in relation to their (laughs) home Guernsey. And I would like their marketing team to just, reconsider and more maybe more of an integration of the blue into their home guernsey is all i'm saying sun is in the sky which is blue that is correct i think thank you thank you <laughs> listeners watchers for agreeing with me and shutting rana down shall we move I'm on totally i'm um yeah not i'm on my own with this one <laughs> i will give you my three two ones then if you won't agree with me about the blue. Never. I will never agree with you on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be so hated now by our listeners. I gave one vote to Sermon um, yep. for the reasons we've already talked oh. about. Two to – are you okay? You oh, my goodness. My That's Talking what I about injuries. Him. Yes, Sorry, exactly. I'm... That was karma. <laughs> God is on my side, Gemma. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> oh. That was a joke, by the way. Let's please don't take that. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, two votes to Aaron Phillips. Wow, the wheels are falling off. Um, Aaron Phillips. Oh my gosh, there was like a. Um, I think it was Ponta's fourth goal, um, and it was like everything was happening and Aaron Phillips like ducked under someone and then don't argue them and then gave it off to Punter and I was like, oh, this is good football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like that alone gave it two, two votes for me. And then obviously Ponter, three. Who did you give? Yes. So Who did you give? What did you have? I love how I know what yours are, but I know what mine are. It's such a power boost. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, but yes. Um, so I've given one to Chloe Shear. And anyone who follows me on Twitter will have seen how many Chloe Shear tweets I sent out during this game. Her on the ball is a genius move. I know she went forward and kicked a goal. I know she does all that stuff. The way she uses the ball, the way she sees the play in the moment is beyond good. And there was a moment that set up a goal for Adelaide where she just so cleanly put the ball, handballed the ball out in front of, I think it was Hatchard. So Hatchard did not have to break stride, took the ball and was able to deliver forward. Unbelievable. The way she works at the stoppage, I think, is so underrated so far this year. And I'm really, I think in the broadcast, I was saying, oh, she's been a bit. Um, uh, hasn't played as well as she did in that 2019 season. 
because mm. she hadn't kicked goals, but she's playing a different role. So back to that Sabrina Frederick conversation we mm. had a couple of weeks ago, you got to consider people's performance based on the role they're playing, not based on what you think they're playing. So mm-hmm. she, Chloe Shear isn't playing as a forward this year. She's playing as a midfielder who's delivering the ball forward or helping get the ball forward. She's doing an outstanding job and I adore her. Um, two to Ebony Marinoff. I hate to um, ignore the fact, ignore Ebony. I, I haven't really given her many votes this season just because she's doing what we've come to expect of her. Mm. She's now she's now gone 20 games with 20-plus disposals. No no player has had more than eight. I think Britt Bonici got to eight today. I've got to double-check how many disposals. Yeah, Britt Bonici had, it, had uh, 20-something disposals. So, um, yeah, so Bonici's on eight. Ebony Marinoff's gone 20 games straight with that, which is three seasons what? worth of games. Yeah. Absurd. Oh my goodness! Why aren't we talking about her more? <laughs> Why do it? Because, because again, I think she's just doing what we expect of her, so yeah, it doesn't wow. stand out in a way where she's kind of raised the bar yeah. for herself so high that you don't notice it anymore. Almost because what she does, it's not like a Kiara Bowers where um, she does big things on the field. She does the small things really well, mm. and I think that's a big thing. Um, and then three wow. to Danielle Ponta, who kicked four goals. Can't really go past her. She was so dangerous up forward. That's that's really floored me. That is a stat from you that has absolutely it's, floored me. It's from Swamp. It's from Swamp. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Swamp. Come Thanks. On. Well, she's just going to get a vote from me now every, <laughs> every game. Every time she has 20 touches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to... A game that I suspect you're going to be very happy to talk about, Melbourne versus St Kilda at Casey Fields. It was a return to the confident days we were missing in the last, you know, two rounds. Melbourne beat St Kilda 9-12, to 3-4-22. A little bit of inaccuracy there from the days again, um, which mm-hmm. we've come to expect from them. I did love seeing Daisy Pierce up forward and I felt like there were some tweaks that the D's made, although I I haven't looked. I thought that before I looked at your notes. Um, and really? I, I, yeah, I looked at them and thought, oh, they're doing something differently. I don't know what, but they're doing something differently. Yeah, I mean, Daisy Pierce playing full forward out of the square was one thing. Um, mm. She looked like she was having the time of her life as well, which I really enjoyed. Um, she had mm. two goals. She, as she kicked two goals and she just was quite dangerous there. Um, Eden Zanka played most of the game as a midfielder. She had 23 disposals, eight marks, three clearances, four intercepts, 320 metres gain. She was in everything. And the thing about Zanka was that um, St Kilda didn't have a player that could cover it right across the ground. So they had to keep being able to hand off to one another um, and they weren't as organised as we've seen St Kilda in the past. So they were kind of letting her go because they weren't handing off as effectively because she was covering all three lines of the ground. So that was a really mm-hmm. big thing as well. Um, Tegan Cunningham, um, she was playing as a ruck chop out. And if anyone um, watched Daisy Pierce's post-match interview as well, the first thing she mentioned other than the fact that she played forward was that Tegan Cunningham um, had played a selfless role by doing the ruck chop out rather than sitting forward the whole time. And I think that's a really great thing about Daisy is that she finds the things and makes sure that 
players get um, noticed or complimented for the things mm. that they do that are selfless. And Tegan Cunningham did that. She also kicked a goal of her own. It was very high risk, high reward structuring from Melbourne. Um, given the limited defence that they've got. And I know Brenna Tarrant came in and played in defence after kicking five goals in the VFLW last week. Um, <laughs> she played as a key defender. She kicked, Her kicking was the best I've seen from her. I think it was her best game. But then you look at, like, she was playing as a key defender. Libby Birch was having to play one-on-one as well. And who else was back there? Sarah Lampard was getting quite far up the field. You know, mm. some of these defenders, um, Chantelle Emerson getting quite high up the field. So... They were relying on when the ball got into their defensive half that a lot of the players would come back and support them. I don't know that this is going to work as well against teams like the three they've got coming up. So that's just a concern of mine. Um, They don't have a great run coming up. (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) Really, really. Someone does not like them in the fixturing office. Um. We've got some comments here. Maddie Gay was great, helped set up a couple of goals and Ramina's agreeing. Daisy looked so happy. Happy athletes make good athletes, I think. I think we, along has gone the the assumption that you have to be super serious and frowny face. Like happiness breeds joy, which breeds, you know, thriving. And that translates on field. Anyway, thank you for coming to... (laughs) Coming to my weird TED talk. Um, Saints are overrun, were run over, but Tilly Lucas Rod is a star in their back line. Such a hard worker. I do want to ask you about the Saints. Um, sorry, that was Cal, um, Cal's comment I was just reading out. Um, they looked a bit frustrated to me and they did give away a few frees, which to me was mostly because they just, yeah, looked a bit frustrated. What was your take on them? Yeah, I think that's that's true. And also, you know, you'd be frustrated too if you were living in your back half. So, um, wow, that came out far more aggressive than uh, <laughs> I meant it. Last week, the Saints lost the inside 50s 47 to 8. This week, they lost the inside 50s 40 to 15. So the fact that they are having to deal with that many inside 50s against and just trying to battle that, that must be exhausting. Um, and you can see the frustration creep in through that itself. So mm. they're, they're winning clearances, but they're not able to transition that forward. And then they're playing against teams who love to get that rebound. So Adelaide last week and then Melbourne this week, they loved Melbourne to get that rebound from players like Emerson and Lampard. Um, even Shelley Scott, when she got back there, or Karen Paxson when they got back there, rebound through the corridor, use the hands, get it back forward. And because that mm. transition is so quick, it's just so hard to defend. And the fact that, that that's happened to them twice in a row now, um, frustration definitely creeps in. Mm. I wanted, My highlight for the game was um, the Tyler, Tyler Hanks had a run and then it was like Hanks to Bannon, back to Hanks. I loved watching that so much. It was just beautiful. Um, you often have lovely things to say about Tyler Hanks. What about this game? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another third-year player win the Rising Star this year. So last mm. year, Isabel Huntington won it um, in her third year, but because she hadn't played as many games. Tyler Hanks has been nominated. I think if you're looking for consistency and impact, 
Tyler Hanks has everyone else covered. Um, she, in this game, she had 22 disposals, seven inside 50s, um, four tackles, 246 metres gained. She was the most damaging midfielder on the ground. And that's on, on a ground with Karen Paxson, Maddie Gay, um, Georgia Patrikios, Rosie Dillon, like Tiana, Tiana Smith. She was the dominant force there, and she's the smallest player of all of them. Incredible, right? I loved watching her. Um, yep. I well, I'll give you my third ones because she features in them. Um, I gave Bannon one vote, Hanks two, and Pierce three. Daisy Would, Pierce three. Daisy Pierce. Okay, so yeah. I assumed you were talking about the other Pierce. Um, <laughs> she was brilliant. So I before probably I give, should now. <laughs> it's all right. No, no, no. Um, before I give you my votes, I just want to tell you Lauren Pierce's stats from this game because yes. The way she and Zanka played in that midfield, as they're both rucks essentially, but their cleanliness below their knees just destroyed any hope players like Ree Watt, Alison Brown had at being able to challenge them. So Eden mm-hmm. Zanka had a couple of moments that were just outrageous setting up goals, but Lauren Pierce was just as damaging. So Pierce had. 22 disposals, four marks, four tackles, 21 hitouts, and five clearances. Lauren Pierce was, I think, the dominant force on the ground. Mm. Um, so I've given one vote to Tyler Hanks for the reasons I yes. mentioned earlier. I've given two votes to Eden Zanker for reasons I mentioned earlier. And I've given three votes to Lauren Pierce for <laughs> reasons I've just mentioned. It's funny because I think, I and I was saying this before, like if I stop and I when I give my and this is one of those games where as soon as it ended I just jotted down who I thought my there's no shame in the votes you chose no 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 but I wonder if how different I would pick if I then stopped and looked at stats and took it in more wholly do you know what I mean but that but I think that's why it works with the two of us yeah 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 we we give it from different perspectives, which is a nice amalgamation of who was good. Well, speaking of the three two ones, you posted a bit of a halftime um, leaderboard um, yes. about how we're tracking. Do you remember who's on top as of last round? Um, Elise Parker is currently sitting on twenty votes. Brianna Davy eighteen, Britt Benici seventeen, Ellie Blackburn, Kiara Bowers, and Isabel Huntington all on sixteen, and. Um, Jasmine Garner on 15. So that's the top seven, um, which obviously will change now that we've put in votes from today. Mm. Um, Kel has just sent a great message in as well. (laughs) AFLW analysis, odd couple, stats and joy. I think we've got a winning formula here, Gemma. Absolutely. Just quietly. Absolutely. Those votes will change now that I every round from here on in, we'll be giving Ebony Marinoff three votes. <laughs> Every time she has 20-plus disposals. Even, even when she doesn't play. <laughs> the other <laughs> I'm giving it to her. Um, let's move on to Carlton versus Geelong at Icon Park on Sunday. Uh, 10-4-64 to Geelong's 4-7-31. Another decisive win and I think a shot of confidence for the baggers that they probably needed. Um, but... I didn't think this this was super horrible for Geelong. The scoreboard's not great, but I actually think that they were like 
That's that was unkind, wasn't it? I don't think this was super horrible because everything else has been horrible. Um, <laughs> well, just it, no, no, they haven't right. won yet. You're right, and um, but I, I think felt this like the, this was a the, good hit out. It was the best game we've seen Geelong play this year, and I hope Tom's still on the chat because we were talking about it today. He's a Geelong supporter. Um, the thing that made this different for Geelong, the main, the main thing, and we've talked about this issue for them constantly this year is the fact that they kept their length on the ground which essentially Mm. is they didn't all get sucked up into the game into the contest and then when they got the turnover they had no one to go to like we've seen so often this year they kept that forward structure there was a couple of forwards that stayed up the ground so when they did want it because they clearly want to go quick they're they're playing on they want a handball they want to do all those things. You can't do that when you don't have anyone to kick it to. Um, but they were able to do that much better in this game and that's why they were able to um, kind of, you know, challenge Geelong and also have their highest score of the year. So I think that was the most impressive thing. The other thing that I noticed in the first half that unfortunately um, – wasn't able to continue for the whole game because she went off injured with a hamstring issue. Um, Millie Brown playing forward, I think, was mm. ingenious because it really did provide a little bit of point of difference of that forward line. We know Millie Brown is good at ground level. We know that Carlton liked to use Gab Pound and Karen Harrington and um, Lalawifi to rebound out. Millie Brown was a really good defensive forward in that first half. When she went off, you did notice that in the forward line that she wasn't there anymore. So I think that was really a really cool thing as well. Millie Brown is also one of my favourite names in the AFLW. It's just so cool. Um, Cal saying, oh, well, you've just spoken a bit about Georgina was asking about the positives for Geelong. Um, what were the best aspects of their game? Anything you wanted to add to that? Um, I think you covered uh, it pretty well. I mean, Amy McDonald battled really strongly with Becky Webster in the midfield given the fact they had neither Purcell or um, Morrison in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Cal's saying they actually strung their passages of play together and had loose players forward. Ginger Nut is saying they scored in all four quarters. They were playing inside their 50. It was great to see. I agree. I was actually just really happy for Geelong. Um, Fern's asking, do you think Geelong will win a game this year? We have a listener question about that as well that I maybe put I in. I put it in for the Gold Coast game and you didn't read it. So do you want to read it now? Apologies. And um, I Rana. missed an, I know. I also missed a question that I will put at the end. Oh, yeah, um, you did. <laughs> I've missed two. I've missed all the questions basically. We're, so we'll do. We're going we'll, so long tonight. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh gosh we are um I'll do I'll do listener questions at the end um but the question that you wanted me to ask was from Ginger through the siren discord 0.1% separates the suns and the cats in the race to the wooden spoon do you think either will be able to win a game before they face off in the final round so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Gold Coast have three games all at Metricon to finish the year because they have had to be on the road. So they've got Richmond, Carlton and Geelong. Um, Geelong have West Coast away. They have GWS at home and they have Gold Coast away. Mm-hmm. If Geelong play the way they did today, they could win two of those games. Mm-hmm. They could win. They could win one. Like they could. They will. They should have a win on the board. Gold Coast. Um, I think their tenacity and their effort was absolutely there. So again, you know, with the if they can get the jump on Richmond, like Richmond had that really lackadaisical first half and then only came back in the second half. If they can get that early jump, there's no reason that couldn't be close. But I think Geelong are closer to a win than Gold Coast are just because I think Gold Coast injuries are in uh, are too many players in the same area of the ground for them at this point. Mm. It's one of those ones where you feel like if there was a longer season and travel wasn't an issue, um, they would get a win. Yeah. Uh, like they, they, not just a win, but they, they are building as well. Um, yeah. And so you would just see them you'd see a much better Geelong side. Um, I'll give you my three, two, ones. I gave, oh, I'm really not happy with my three, two, ones for this, but I've had to, it took me, I couldn't decide is base was basically the issue. Um, and we didn't get to it. Actually, it will list super quickly. I wanted to say it felt like more of a team effort from the blues, um, which we don't necessarily see all the time from them. Did you? Wanna- yeah. Yeah, so earlier in the season, uh, uh, Brisbane, Carlton's delivery forward was a big issue. They were just bombing it in in the hope that one of their forwards would get onto it. It was just not working. Whereas in this game, they actually were making the conscious decision to get it into a positive position for their teammates. There was one Mm. passenger player now, I'm pretty sure it was Harrington, who I'll speak about in just a moment. Um, There was, it was a fairly open forward 50 there were two Blues and there were two Geelong defenders in there, one being Meg Mack. Um, they, Karen Harrington made sure to deliver it to the um, advantageous side of her teammates, but out into space so they could both run onto it and make decisions rather than be right up on top of them where their um, defenders were. Backed in their speed, mm. put it into the right spot and got it there. And I think Karen Harrington's kind of attacking run out of defence was a real highlight of this game as well. We saw her take a number of runs down the corridor and, and get the ball forward. This is what they've been missing a lot of this year as well. So she had 22 disposals at 86%. She had four rebound 50s, 10 intercepts, which is massive, 385 meters gained and three score involvement. So her impact on the game coming out of defense and giving them the run that they've really been missing this year with no Chloe Dalton there. And then obviously with Mimi Hill going down injured, um, that Mm. was huge. And I think Karen Harrington, this was the best game I've seen her play in a long time. I know poor Mimi Hill. Um, I will say then that I gave Vessio one vote, but with compliments to Georgia G. Yep. who I also wanted to give one vote to, Harrington two and Prisparkis three. I know Prisparkis, um, I just, she just came back right, you know, where she left off and is always so useful um, and uh, just clocks up disposals like 
no one else except for maybe Ebony Marinoff. <laughs> and Kiara Bowers. Um, she yeah. also missed quite a large portion of the game with an elbow injury and still had the most touches on the ground and kicked a goal. So, you know, pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. I've given Amy McDonald one because Amy McDonald, she had 11 tackles. She also was the driving force out of Geelong's midfield when they are missing so many key players. Two to Karen Harrington. Again, spoke about her just then. And I've give, also given three to Maddie Prisparkis. So, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. We have um, an agreement. Collingwood versus Western Bulldogs today at Vic Park. Uh, Collingwood ran over or overran, I should say, Western Bulldogs 7-9-51 to 2-3-15. This was really interesting. It was a a real arm wrestle in the first half, but then that third quarter, it's like Collingwood just put their foot down and showed us that they've just got this other level. They are becoming scary now. I'm nervous about such a dominant Collingwood side, although they're so great to watch. Um, it's really weird to feel so much love for Collingwood. <laughs> we were messaging during this game, weren't we? Yeah, we, we were. were. We were. Um, um, I mean, they're fine. <laughs> I don't know that I love I them. Um, <laughs> sorry if that offends anyone. But, I mean, the big difference between the first half and the second half for Collingwood was that they kicked accurately in the second half. They had seven behinds to half time, So yeah. they had five scoring shots in the third quarter and another four in the second quarter. So they actually didn't, they didn't like change anything up. Yeah. Yeah, They just kicked accurately. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think Brianna Davey is the talking point out of this game though. I know everyone's going to talk about Chloe Malloy. Everyone's going to talk about other people, but Brianna Davey has to be talked about out of this because she had 28 disposals, eight marks, seven tackles, eight inside fifties, two clearances, Four intercepts, 451 metres gained, and kicked a goal. So who were we talking about earlier, Jasmine Garner, about playing two-way footy? Again, Brianna Davey. She's had eight inside 50s twice this year now. It's the most in her career ever. She's done it twice. And the way she gets the ball into a dangerous position for Collingwood is Mm. just phenomenal. She's so powerful as well. It's really hard to bring her down. And the thing that I love about her is that she doesn't, need all the glory for herself she brings her teammates into the game and she makes mm. her teammates better and ah, uh, she I mean she's got to be up there with those players vying for the MVP I agree we were talking about how yeah there are players who are good for the team and then there are players who are good when the team's the team. good yeah yeah um I felt like Western Bulldogs kept kicking it straight to her like there's just those <laughs> long kicks do you remember Tell a couple me. of weeks ago? Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about? Um, I think it was Brisbane. And I was just like, they just keep doing the same thing and hoping it's going to change, and it just mm. was driving me mad. That happened in this game, and it's just like the first team that figures out, hey, if I don't kick it long to Stacey Livingston and maybe run the ball forward or make or make a different choice going forward, that's going to be the first team to beat Collingwood because everyone gets sucked into the long kicks forward and it goes directly to Livingston or Schleicher or Butler comes straight Mm. back out and they have such a good turnover run because they have those players that run really hard. Kiyochi on the outside, Britt Benici, we've talked about her running. 
it's just like make a different choice. And I know on the field, it, under the pressure you're under, it's much harder than me sitting back going, don't kick it directly to Stacey Livingston. <laughs> but it's just like the first team that figures that out during a game and makes a different choice is going to be the team to beat them. Mm. Well, Brisbane, you're on notice. Work it out. And they're the team <laughs> that just, just referenced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh my gosh, I've totally lost my train of thought. Um, I wanted to ask you about something. I'll just read the comments. <laughs> Who's scarier, pies or lions? Just answer. No explanation. Just give us your answer. Both, neither. Okay. Were there 15 pies on the ground or just one? Bree Davy. I think that's it joke question but the answer is one Bray Davey um, if there's a case to be made Fern saying the co-captain thing with Steph and Bray is working wonders this year I and there is a case to be made for co-captains I don't always love it but it does seem to be working I did go into this sorry Gemma I did go into this game thinking this is a little bit of battle of the captains because I felt like either Ali Blackburn's gonna step up or Bray Davey's gonna step up and it was clear who did Yes. I love co-captains. <laughs> um, famously, the Swans were the first team to really bring that in in the mid-2000s. So I'm a big fan of them. I also think that four is too many. I'm looking at you, four, Sankula. Yeah, four is way Three's okay. Many. Three's okay. I mean, <laughs> the Swans have three. I'm, I'm okay with three. Four's too many. <laughs> Um, Loz saying, oh my God, kicking to Stacey Livingston. I said the same thing to my friend at the game today. How about you do literally anything else? I agree. Uh, let's get your three, two ones. I said Stacey Livington, one vote. Livingston, one Livington. vote. Livington. Benici, two, and Davy three. Yeah, so I weirdly, I very weirdly put Sophie Alexander at one. And I have a reason. You don't I have think... to justify it, Gemma. <laughs> no, because I feel like people are going to listen and be like, what is she talking about? I think the way she played in the forward line was a really good foil for other players like Abby Maloney, like Chloe Malloy, like all of them. She was mm-hmm. a really good foil. She was involved in, I think, the most score. In... She had the most score involvements on the ground. Um I just really liked her positioning, the way she attacked the ball, even if she didn't win the ball, she put her team into a good position with the way she moved. And again, fine if you want to argue with me that you don't agree. I think Sophie Alexander was good. Um, I've given two to Britt Benici. (laughs) Again, her running was very, very good. And then three to Brianna Davey for Mm. all the Brianna Davey reasons. All the reasons. Last game... West Coast versus Fremantle at Optus Stadium. Um, this was the Gemma Hatton show, I thought. It's a good name. It's a good name. <laughs> yes. Someone make that show, please. I want to see Gemma Hatton show. Um, it, it was like obviously score. Uh, okay, I'll say this. The score doesn't tell you everything. It was 128 West Coast to Frio's 11.975. I did feel like West Coast had what it – takes to shut down Freo, but they just couldn't do it for four quarters. Yeah, so everyone's commenting about the Eagle. So the Eagle, the the West Coast mascot, got loose before the game and they couldn't catch it and it looked like the game (laughs) might be delayed. 
Um, they ended up catching it, but it just went rogue. So it is what it is. Um, um, I mean, oh, I won't go into it. I was going to do a whole animal cruelty thing, but it's just not, it's not neither the time nor the place. Continue. We're, we are already at an hour and 13. Um, oh my God. And my phone will probably die. So let's get through this. Uh, yeah. So the Eagles... First quarter and the fourth quarter, I think, was really good. So what Frio wanted to do was get the ball into space, get the ball into the hands of Ebony Antonio, Steph- Stephanie Kane, players like that that can kind of they, – they're kind of those loping players that, like, run like antelopes, which is a really weird descriptor. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, they are that outside runner that look really elegant mm. when they run because they are so smooth. And then, I mean, Ebony Antonio loves to evade and, and things like that. So – that's what Freo wanted to do. And in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, West Coast were limiting that. They were spreading really well. They were running really hard and not allowing those outlets. They were outnumbering Freo at the contest. But in those middle two quarters, they completely dropped off. They were just guarding space, not moving very much. And Freo just ran rampant. And the mm. other player that I think was, I mean, before we talk about the forward line, which we will in a moment, but the other player that I thought was, Really, really impressive, and it confuses the heck out of me when people talk about Gemma Houghton and just call her Gemma. I think you're talking about me. I'm not that good. <laughs> um, Emma O'Driscoll in the back line, I think, was really impressive in this game. Yeah. She didn't yeah, take she any marks, but she was able to always equal the contest in the air, bring it to ground, and get it to her teammates. She's still eligible for Rising Star nomination. I would love to see her get one this week because, again, it might not show on the stat sheet, but I think Emma O'Driscoll was so, so good. Um, did that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to read some sorry. comments. No, totally fine. Georgine is saying Steph Kane discuss. You did just mention her. Loz said, I'm still backing Gemma Houghton, not Bastiani, to top the goal kicking. Her I'm accuracy is improving. <laughs> In my heart, you do, Gemma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> accuracy is improving. She's confident and her hair is immaculate. Great ponytail. Cal agrees. I agree too. Um, I love ponytail. I love the ponytail. I don't know why I had to say that. I just love it. Um, Georgina is saying, I saw a graphic that SC made about 200 metres gained by halftime, big if true, underrated player. Um, I so I can no tell idea. you, I can tell you, I don't know what it uh, was at halftime because that spreadsheet is on the computer that my phone is currently sitting on. But at at the end of the game, Steph Kane had 217 metres gained. Ebony Antonio actually had 328 so um, if okay. she did have 200 at halftime, she didn't do much in the second half. So, <laughs> um, But also the most metres gained on the ground. Do you want to take a guess at who it was? It was a Freo player. Oh, don't put me on the spot. Sabrina Duffy? Correct. Oh! She had 406. Stop it. So there Look you go. at the height. Wow, I'm really impressed by me, not her, for pulling that off. Let's quickly talk about, we've got to roll through this. Let's quickly talk about um, that forward line because it was like ridiculous. 
yeah, so um, Gabby O'Sullivan, and I want to mention, even though she pretty much played most of the game up the field, she had a career-high 10 marks for this game. Only one of those was inside 50. So she really pushed up high and was a really crucial linking player for um, Frio, which I thought was really good. She's really tough and she just works really hard. So I really loved that move by Frio to get her out of that 50. Houghton, let's talk about her. So she kicked mm. five goals, which are most in her career. She's the only player to end a game on five goals. Obviously, the only player to have kicked more was Brooke Lachlan when she kicked seven, even though it was technically six because Bonnie Toogood t- touched one of them, but let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> she had 15 disposals, five marks inside 50, and 12 score involvements. Um, and then you've got to consider outside of those players. Roxy Rue, her contested marking was really, really good. She took two really strong marks, kicked yeah. two goals. Sabrina Duffy, as you said, she had um, the most metres gained on the ground. She also kicked three goals of her own, had nine score involvements and had five inside 50. So again, she was getting up out of the forward line and delivering it forward as well. So all of them were really having an impact. And then you look at the other players that run through there that maybe didn't get on the scoreboard but had an impact. So Michaela Hyde, Sarah Verrier, um, Cara Antonio, even Kiara Bowers gets down there, Ebony Antonio gets down there. So... Again, they're back to that really damaging, damaging. Mm. Um, okay, let's get your three, two, ones. And then we've got a couple of listener questions we'll power through. Um, and then we'll let everybody have this their Sunday night back. Everyone's going to get out to the pub. Um, it's like 10 p.m. What the heck? Really on on weirdly for someone who doesn't drink, um, I'm really about the about the beers tonight. Um, <laughs> Talking um, to gave... someone that doesn't drink as well. <laughs> oh man, just trying to pander to my base here. Okay, Roxy Rue. <laughs> So you've given one vote to Roxy Roo. Roxy Roo, one vote. Serena Duffy, two, and Houghton, three. Although I feel like I could have switched those two around. It was hard to um, choose between them. Yes. So um, I first should say I love Kiara Bowers, but I don't think she deserved the medal in this game. That's all I'm going to say. That it's hard to sa- say, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, because I adore her, and she's great, and I've given her one vote, but I don't think mm-hmm. she was best on ground. Um, two to Ebony Antonio, I think, yeah, that transition she provided, that run she provided was really important in those middle two quarters. And then three to Gemma Houghton. She kicked five goals. She took five marks inside 50. Can't go past her. Let's get to some of these questions. I'm going to quickly sk- jump back right to the top because we did miss a question from Loz, who is here with us. I'm going to ask you a question from Twitter. She says, I have a question about North. They looked very scary and impressive Friday night. Friday night. However, I'm wondering how they will go against Frio and Brisbane in coming weeks. At this stage, they haven't been, they haven't beaten any top four teams. So I should mention that when Loz asked this question, she also said, um, no one in the top six even, oh, except for Melbourne. Um, Melbourne beat them, thanks, Loz. Just so you know, I'm shaming you publicly. Um, North Melbourne. I think the way to beat them is quite obvious, but actually doing it is a different story. So mm. 
Brisbane, Frio, they're both teams that I think can do well to win that outside ball. I also think that Brisbane might... <laughs> Gemma, I deserve that. Yes. Um, respect Melbourne, please. Uh, I think that... Brisbane might struggle a little bit more to curtail the clearances um, than maybe what Frio can. So I maybe worry a little bit more about Brisbane. But again, like both teams have been really good on the outside. I think they'll be great matchups. I think they will, I keep saying I think, they'll be closer or they'll feel closer than maybe that Collingwood game did. Mm. Um. Interesting question here from Georgina, who's opening a can of worms. More a general question. What do you think about inside 50s as a stat in the women's game? They don't seem to correlate with score as much as in the Ws as they do in the men's. Would inside 30s be a better stat to track since women have shorter kicks on average, etc.? I feel like I've talked about this with some friends um, who are very, like it's polarising this question. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I would love it as an extra stat, but it's also mm. quite a difficult one to track because there isn't a 30 meter line on the field. So mm. that's the whole other conversation, but I think it would be great to have that as well as not instead of. I like that answer. I think that's a, it's a, a good, good approach to answer. it. <laughs> it is no, but it, because it's not about saying that women can't do it and aspiring to it. It's, um, just understanding the nature of the game. I think it, it would be. I think it would be interesting in the men's game too. Just add it to both. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Al Smirnoff also asked on Twitter, "Who has been the most dominant player this season, and why is it Elise Parker?" I feel like we talk about Elise Parker every week. <laughs> Al Al specifically asked this question the way she did because I she hosts a podcast called. Uh, this AFL life that everyone should go and subscribe to immediately. Um, I asked in one of their earlier episodes, why is my new favorite, who is my new favorite player and why is it Dakota Davidson? Um, So she's just (laughs) um, returning the favor. Al Smirnoff is the boss of boss of um, owner, creator, uh, president, president's the word of the Elise Parker fan club. Uh, Uh, Yes. So, While I don't agree with it being Elise Parker, shout out to Alison. <laughs> shout out indeed. Becca Hain on Twitter. Are we losing faith in St Kilda or holding the line that they'll be good soon? Absolutely hold the line. Um, they've played some really hold hard the teams. Line. Do, 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 do. St Kilda's not always on time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. Sorry. It's just Sunday nights. It had to happen. I'm sorry. You've referenced a number of <laughs> you've referenced a number of songs, and I've resisted breaking into song <laughs> until this moment. And it had to be. If anyone in our house says "Hold the line," that's what happened. So I had to do it. I find it sorry. Funny that you're the one that, that you're the one that sings songs, and I'm the one that worked in music for nearly a decade. Fiction with the other way around. Um, yeah, definitely hold the line because I think that the pieces are there. They just need to bring them together more consistently. Okay. Um, Mal 
in the Siren Discord asked, is there any team in the top six who might drop out and who could move up and who could move up the ladder given we now know the run home? Uh, I, I knew this question was coming. Still didn't look at the ladder. Let's have a look at the ladder <laughs> now. I'm really sorry yes, for my lack us. of preparation, everyone. It's um, all right. Who oh, is currently in the top six? I have also really slow internet in case anyone was wondering. Oh, do you want me to Google? No, it's all right. Found it. Uh, so Melbourne's in the top eight now. Cool. Mm. So the top eight is currently Collingwood, Fremantle, Brisbane, Adelaide, Kangaroos, and Melbourne with the Western Bulldogs and Carlton um, just sitting out. Western Bulldogs are out on percentage and Carlton are out by a game and percentage. Oh, uh, that breaks my heart. I want Western Bulldogs in there just on pure, like, they had such good momentum and culture and no, no, I don't. Can't we have both? <laughs> Can't everyone um, be in the top six? <laughs> I think if any, I think uh, it's likely those bottom two will swap. I think Melbourne's run home is incredibly difficult um, and that the dogs might sneak back up into there, but I don't see much other movement happening if I'm honest. Yeah. Good intel. Cal is asking through the Siren Discord, I assume it's our same beloved Cal who is watching it is. currently, what did you think of the umpiring this round? I I know you're not asking me, but I wasn't loving it. That's my answer. And I would like to see an improvement. Yeah, so it's worth noting that there were a lot more umpires needed this weekend given the fact that there were men's preseason games on. So um, that's annoying. That definitely would have had an impact. Uh, so we love umpires. We they're crucial to our game, all that sort of stuff. I think that more money should be invested and more time should be invested in getting these umpires to a point where they are up to scratch, um, because it does impact games. But they're also trying their hardest. So. Um, yeah, that's where I sit on that. So diplomatic. I was just like, get your act together, umpires. Um, I that's annoying though. Again, the men's season kind of disrupts the women's. Not even the um, men's season. The men's preseason. Not even the men's exactly. Ah, anyway, let's not go there again. Um, any last words from you, Gemma, before we let people go? Um, I'm really, really sad that we only have three home and away rounds left i am gonna be quite lost once this season is over i might I sleep a bit more i reckon um, you will <laughs> but also just uh from that awkward selling oneself note uh if you like stuff that i'm doing you can donate to me there's a link yes. in the show notes and i again hate doing this but also i need to eat food um so it's just <laughs> no but you let me do it for you you yeah, provide you. such incredible content and insight to this league that frankly major outlets aren't and they're not they don't have the insights they're getting insights from you a lot of people who are in the commentary boxes are getting their stats from you and so I just, of course, you should be paid for that work. You're doing it all for free and off your own, out of your own passion and interest, but doesn't mean that you then starve and 
even if you weren't starving, you still deserve to be paid for that work um, because there is an entire league that is leaning on it, frankly. So <laughs> um, you're amazing and you deserve all the things in life. <laughs> Thank you. That was very uncomfortable. I didn't really dismount that well, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Where can people go to do that and to support you? If you're listening on a podcast, there's a link in the show notes. Um, if you're on this live now, um, if you just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Gemma Bastiani, um, you can give me money if you want. See, Loz agrees, all the things for Gemma. Uh, where can people find you to tell you how much they love you, Gemma, on the socials? twitter is the best place for it um i'm at gl bastiani on twitter find me there or you can find play on radio just at play on radio melb um that's where i sent like put a few stats graphs and stuff that i've been putting together so yeah and you can also find me on the preview uh later in the week with julia montesano brilliant you can find me on twitter uh, at Rana Huss and on Instagram, Rana B. Hussein. Uh, this episode will be up online as soon as Gemma edits it um, while she gets on the beers. And <laughs> Clar- clarification, I don't drink alcohol. I will be drinking <laughs> Pepsi Max. I'm just trolling you now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be up wherever you get your podcasts. You guys know that, but um, do make sure you like and subscribe, um, review us, rate us, tell your family and friends. Um, get get some get some new audiences tuning in um, because we love it. And do send in your questions because we do love your questions as well. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Play on. 